you know, I think sometimes we can feel alone, but like, are we ever truly alone? And that was, and that was really interesting for me because though that race wasn't that long, for me, it was probably the longest I've ever been alone in a long time. So I am really, really lucky. I have a very supportive partner. Well, it wouldn't work. I mean, and I, I wish that for more people for sure. Yeah. Or that more people have a way to have a conversation about it in a positive, in a positive way to really show their partner how you know important it is for them. That was my good friend Katrina Rosen, and this is the Bike Pack Canada podcast. Hey, everybody! Welcome back to the Bike Pack Canada podcast. I'm your host, Steve O'Shaughnessy. I am so stoked to be bringing the podcast back to you guys. Um, The vision that Ryan and Sarah had for the podcast was to involve the community. Uh, And I want to hear from you guys. I want you to email me, uh, bikepackcanadapodcast at gmail.com. One of the things I'd like to get from you guys um, are some voice memos. Say you're out riding your bike, you're training, you're camping, whatever you're doing. Maybe you have a flat, you're fixing a flat, and you have nothing better to do. (laughs) Pull out your phone. Record me a voice memo, send it to uh, bikepackcanadapodcast at gmail.com, and I'll feature it on the show. Also, a bit more community involvement, if there are any aspiring musicians out there, send me a music clip. We can uh, open the podcast with it, or or close out with it, or maybe have a music break in the middle. Uh, I just want to make it kind of a multimedia experience for you guys. I know a lot of us, uh, a lot of us listen to podcasts when we bike pack. Sometimes it's nice to listen to someone's voice speaking and then breaking into some, some kind of some music and then bringing it back to the interview. Um, yeah, I just want I want to build it the way you guys want to build it. So send send your suggestions. Email me again. Email address bikepackcanadapodcast at gmail.com. And let's make this thing awesome. So a couple days ago, I had a conversation with Katrina Rosen uh, of Camor. Um, it was an amazing conversation. Now, we get pretty deep, which is why we call it Bikes and Feelings, um, but there's a lot of really good takeaways uh, in this podcast, and it's about an hour long, so stick with it. Um, it ebbs and flows from biking to family to feelings. It's, it's an awesome conversation. Uh, we talk about Katrina's history of uh, adventure racing, uh, touring, uh, bike packing, and we're also going to talk about her book coming out in the fall of 2019. So please enjoy our conversation. This is Katrina Rosen. How you doing? I'm great. Are you excited? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Big Bike Pack Canada podcast. Happy to have you here. Um, thought we'd just have a discussion today. Perfect. So tell me about you. Are Where'd you on? come from? Where did I come from? I come from Winnipeg, Winnipeg, Manitoba. Yeah. And I've been here in Canmore for nine and a half years. Nine and a half years. What brought you here? Lifestyle. Yeah. 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 It turns out I'm not much of a city person. I don't think so. any of us bikepackers really are. <laughs> <laughs> we just live in the city. Well, I, should, I shouldn't be deprecating on that. Um, so, yeah, tell us about a little bit about your history of, of training and racing. I know once you showed me this crazy picture of you, super ripped, super muscular. <laughs> tell, tell me about that. Where did that start? <laughs> Back in the day. Back in the day. <laughs> um, so, we, in my 20s, I actually um, started adventure racing, and that became... That became because I saw the Eco Challenge on TV, and I was working at that time um, at a sports store, and um, 
yeah, I just got so interested in the eco challenge. I didn't, I loved, I've always loved biking, but I wouldn't, I wasn't a mountain biker at all. And, um, I didn't know how to climb yet or, um, didn't have much technical ability, ability, didn't know how to, uh, navigate. So navigation was actually one of the worst, the first, um, aspects that I worked on. Like map and compass. Yeah. Map and compass. (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, then I started adventure racing and it went really well. Um, it's, uh, for those that don't know. Yeah. Do tell, know? tell us about kind of what a typical race would be. <clears throat> so I, so I mostly did week long races. That was where I really thought I thrived in. And, um, they're always co-ed. So you need at least one f- female or one male on your team. So, um, at that time it was mostly always one female and, and three males and, and, um, and you have to stay together the entire time. The race clock uh, starts and it goes 24 hours a day. So you sleep according to your team's plan, um, whether that's, um, for us, it was generally like 10 to 12 hours a week that we would sleep. And other times we were just moving. And then that would change depending on if it was um, warm enough to do so. <laughs> so like a couple hours a day of sleep? Yeah, we usually start the second night and sleep for a couple hours right. a night. Uh, and then we, the point was to find checkpoints, um, throughout, um, the wilderness and uh, doing it, uh, either by, um, finding them on your, uh, bike or by, uh, navigating through bush or, um, paddling. It could have been whitewater rafting or kayaking or canoeing. Um, some races we had scooters, scootering in and others we did really? inline skating. <laughs> like motorized scooters? No, no. Like push <laughs> But I had this really crazy scooter with shocks and like big tires oh, and everything. Yeah. Oh, like a moped with pedals, like one of those no, things with a motor. No, you you still like <clears throat> skateboard it, like oh, yeah, yeah. I would not very good at that sport <laughs> either, <laughs> or inline skating actually. Oh, and uh, yeah, but it really really fun, and I was able to travel a lot of the world actually um, doing that sport and. Um, I found it really quite incredible because it was like it was a way of going on a holiday to a destination that somebody kind of pre-mapped out for you. And in most places, the race organizers, they want to show you like really beautiful parts of their country or their little part of the world. Right. So I found we just got into some really incredible areas that, you know, I'd probably <laughs> never try to find. And I and I truly felt it sometimes that I was, you know, that our, like even sometimes our team was the first people who have ever been to that part of the world like sometimes it was just so remote so it was really quite incredible and and um lots of time on the bike and so it's probably really where I fell in love with cycling so much right so that's kind of what spawned the endurance cycling aspect of yeah of your life Mm -hmm. and then uh did bike pack racing come uh, second to bike packing, like did, did you were you camping and riding bikes and camping and bringing your gear and then decide hey I should race this thing. Yeah, so uh, I do love to race, but uh, I was injured um, after a number of years of bench racing. I was injured for quite a long time, and then when I was able to start again, it was mostly for fun. So yeah, getting out with friends and. Um, and my husband out biking and going on overnights. Um, and then when I was introduced to bike packing, I'd already been cycle touring quite a bit. Right. And then... So um, super experienced anyway, camping. 
Yeah, with, camping. With, with a bike, yeah, really. cycle touring, and then and then when I got introduced to bike packing, that was pretty neat. And uh, a little bit more light, ultra light. That yeah, touring thing, <laughs> carrying a hundred pounds worth of stuff around. It would seem. That's right. Yeah. I do miss the pannier full of food though. Food is good, but you have to drag that food across the province if you're racing or whatever. Yeah, so I started. Uh, uh, yeah, doing more bikepacking and overnights, and we living here in the Canadian Rockies is pretty incredible because we don't have to go very far to yeah. find a destination. But the same thing was in Manitoba, and sometimes I think when I look back I'm in my twenties, I mean, we were totally like doing stuff now that you would bike pack, but at the time we were just strapping whatever we could onto our bikes right. and you know carrying bigger backpacks basically, right. but still kind of doing the overnight thing i think the gear and the technology has come so far which makes it um, pretty nice um to to go out a lot less like broken straps and racks that there used to be but we used to i think try and do the same thing at that time we considered it we called it training but (laughs) but, uh, putting 40 pounds on your back and getting your butt in gear for it anyway but really it was just exploring and going out and yeah so then was the AR700 your first attempt at a bikepacking race? Yeah. So uh, my buddy Jamie and I, we got to Coleman for the AR. And I don't really think we were taking it seriously enough, actually, when we got there. And I remember you walking onto the, the patio there at the at the bar. What was the bar? I can't remember what it was called. But I remember Jamie just leaning in and goes, look at her. Look at her shoulders, man. It's like... <laughs> It's like wow, she's just a lot of really fit people here, and we were like eating pizza and drinking beer, and and yeah, so we saw you show up. So that was your first race, right? And I remember, I don't know how many. It wasn't far in. It was maybe fifty k in, and uh, you had said a couple times that you wanted to ride with me, and yeah. I remember you. I was I was doing something you, with my headphones. You, I couldn't keep up with you. <laughs> We started too fast, right? These are all the, all the things you learn in, in these bikepacking races. You had the, you had advice from I think a lot of endurance racers that I think you you had a lot of great advice. I think because yeah. now doing that first race, you you learn a lot, right? But I just remember fiddling with my headphones, and you kind of rode by, not super fast, but yeah. just like, uh, and I, I remember saying, "Okay, I'll, I'll catch up with you. I want to ride with you. I'll catch up with you." I never saw you again, and I saw you up ahead, and your cadence was just like. Do, do, do. super mellow just grinding out this big gear and i was just so i was so shattered by the time yeah i never caught you but that's kind of where you and i remember you and i first met it was also really hot out wasn't it was it? so yeah. hot um yeah. you like you had a good time on that race hey oh yeah what were yeah. what were some of your highs yeah, so I should clarify, the whole yeah, time was not a good time. <laughs> no, they never really are. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that first day was uh, fantastic. And um, yeah, I mean, you have no idea how you're going to go and where you're going to compare with everybody. And that's some of the advice that I had um, prior to this race. Because though I have a lot of, had a lot of racing experience, I've never raced solo. Right. You know, I've always raced in this team setting. Where I remember you were a bit apprehensive about sleeping, like yeah. by yourself in oh, a ditch. Totally Who chicken, wouldn't be? right? Who wouldn't be? <laughs> yeah, totally afraid. And 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 then uh, and then just trusting in your own ability that you'll be okay. And um, <clears throat> and I know my body. 
quite well. So, you know, I just kind of knew I really had to do my own race. And that was also some of the advice that I received um, from my friend uh, Megan Dunn prior to the race was like that. Well, she said, the guys are going to go out too hard. (laughs) So (laughs) true. She said, you just do your thing and you will catch up to them. And it was at 100 kilometers that I caught up to... A lot of the guys eating snacks at that uh, first uh, place we could buy food at. Yeah, yeah, and um, and I had made it a part of my plan that I wasn't actually going to stop at all um, Did you stop? until I made it to Camor. Right. Oh yeah, stop to fill up water, stop to buy new snacks, but not stop to eat them. Right. Yeah, just keep going, keep and then talking. I ate um, as I biked. And, well, you have uh, to do that if and, you're going to make any time. And, um, yeah, so that was, yeah. So then I, yeah, I was just, I just was really doing my own thing. And when the the time we, after that hundred kilometers up until that point, I hadn't listened to anything, um, any music at all. And then I started listening to, to music and then I was just having so much fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So your highs would have been just, it was your first event and you're stoked and you're feeling good. Like that. Oh, and it's so beautiful. Yeah, oh my gosh. The course is absolutely gorgeous. And I didn't know how gorgeous it would be because a lot of the route I hadn't been on before. Right. And some of the route right close to Camor I know quite well because I ride it all the time. But that's, um, you know, a fairly busy road actually um, as well. Um, but I also felt comfortable enough listening to music on that section. So that was really nice to just kind of listen to music and, and stare at the mountains. I saw a bear that I actually nearly ran into, which is pretty exciting. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then we hit, uh, hit Canmore and it was really nice to see some friends and family and their support of rebound. Um, uh, bike shop and just get some food uh, in me and restock up for for the next section and then so for the next section that was the test for me was right. that going into that next section in the dark and um had it, into had a that, new area that I hadn't been before had that already been kind of I know you bike toured before but had that had was that the longest distance you had ever traveled in that amount of time like within a within a how long did it take in you the to last get decade, to Canmore? Yeah. <laughs> like twelve hours or fourteen hours? I mean, probably hours? in the last decade. I right. mean, in my twenties, I would have done more, but right. yeah. So, so you you weren't sure how your body was going to respond after that? No, no, no. Really? But it was more having mental issues. Like not, I was more afraid mentally, just being in the dark and right and kind of on those roads that I or on that area that I wasn't sure of. But I was more afraid prior to it happening than when I was in it. When I was in it, it was really quite great. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I, I felt like that too. It's it's like you're all afraid about the bears and the wildlife and where am I going to sleep? But it just, if you just don't think about it too much, yeah. it seems to just happen. Yeah. Like just, oh, I'll sleep there. I'll keep riding. <laughs> I don't like that spot. You yeah. know, I just, yeah, I feel if, kind of get into that flow and you don't think about it as much, especially yeah. when you got the buds in. So I got a couple hours sleep in that first night. Yeah. And then. How many, how many kilometers did you do the first night? Like well over three, right? Oh, I don't. I don't think I was three. No, was I it must right have been around pushing three? It though, because like two, two thirty-five to Canmore, and then how oh, many I hours? Think perhaps it was right under three hundred. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, that's so far. And I, I know some, some, some folks out there are doing more than like well over three hundred k in a day. Yeah. I can't even get my head around that. <laughs> that's awesome. Did you have a, a strategy going in? Uh, basically, ride your own race. Did you have a, a feeding strategy like? Um, 
I do. I eat a lot. I probably eat more than most people out on the you trail. Eat a lot of food. And uh, <laughs> some of that is nerves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I eat a lot of and, chips yeah. and a lot of salt. Yeah, entertaining yourself. Yeah. <laughs> with the food. With food. <laughs> um so in those long distance racing, it actually would probably be a disadvantage for me actually that I want to eat that I was wanting to eat that much because you just have to carry so much right. in between in between stops. So so my body always had fuel, <laughs> I suppose. Um, but since that race, it was actually my intention to work on not being so mentally attached um, to having f- that much food. On pack me. It, you pack your fears, right? Yeah. yeah. And so I actually spent uh, last year working on that and practicing intermittent fasting, actually. Mm. And, um, I'm all about that. That's cool. and, and now it's pretty interesting how long of a ride I can go on. And you don't have anything. Without eating, yeah. yeah. So I think both are, yeah, both are good. I think for years and years, one thing an hour has always been my rule. I eat mm-hmm. one thing an hour. It didn't matter what it was as long as I got one thing an hour into my body. And usually that was pretty bad because in my normal life, I eat really good. So as soon as I go into race mode, I seem to like eat so badly so because garbage. I get so it's... excited about eating badly. Yeah. And it's hard but... to eat healthy because you can't, it's hard to find healthy choices. Mm-hmm. So unless you bring those choices with you, yeah, the whole foods with you, then you know, you're stuck at eating at gas stations or yeah um not stuck i mean it yeah. is what it is but the, it's just hard i also hard think like it can be so much simpler like and that's why i think i just like the one thing an hour and it mm. didn't you know as soon as like as long as you can find some protein and you know some carbs and some fruit every once in a while and and then, yeah. then like i don't i don't know i think for most of us i don't think we have to overthink it as much as we are sometimes too yeah but I did feel that for if I for getting to the next level, I, that was the next thing I wanted to work on, for me personally. Before so that's why I was working on that. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd listened to one of the older Bike Pack Canada podcasts. It was uh, with Dean Anderson, and he was saying that he was eating some something every half an hour, and on the I think it was the AR. <clears throat> so the AR, he he brought his entire caloric load in one go he didn't stop he wow. just brought everything with him i can't remember sorry <laughs> dean if that's not right but and i was just trying to get my head around how you would pack that much food because yeah. i i think of i think about calorie density right like lots of fatty foods fatty meats like hard cheeses will last five days in your bag in the heat no problem so bringing like nuts and fat like all that stuff but to, to bring so much food that you never have to stop good strategy I, I, for getting yeah. through right for me that would not work yeah. i just eat too much plus i get right. too excited about stopping <laughs> and getting new food like right. and and the interesting thing about the ar700 is that we had there was a few stops right two mainly that we could buy there wasn't much food, past you know Canada really was there or uh, past, there was um, a nordeg that's way at the end, though. That's like 200 kilometers from the end, isn't it? Yeah. So we went. So in that, so so I went for a full, probably 30 hour, 35 hours, or something without talking to anyone, <laughs> which you know until I made it to that next store. Because you're at the pointy right? end of the stick. That's and... why. You're, you're up front. <laughs> there's no one around. <laughs> yeah. But it and that 
yeah. So that was really that was really interesting. So no, I get plus coffee. I get really excited to go in for coffee. So for me, it's worth that detour. And worth it's performance that, and, and worth that time. I do, yeah, I do love that. But yeah, the not talking was really interesting. Um, because I realized like we spend actually so little time alone. <laughs> we do most of us in life. Yeah, yeah. Especially and, if you have a family. You know, you know. I think sometimes we can feel alone. Like even if we're in our, even if we're in our own home, right? Or even if we're in a party, sometimes you just feel lonely, right? Like, you know, I think sometimes we can feel alone, but like, are we ever truly alone? And that was, and that was really interesting for me because though that race wasn't that long, for me it was probably the longest I've ever been alone. Yeah. In a long time, so. Did you learn anything yeah. from that about yourself? Because I think that's one of the things about these these races too is if you are alone for a really long time, you're in your head a lot. Like yeah. I would get super emotional. Like I would, it would just well up from deep down inside. You just oh, and then you yeah. kind of shake it off, and then you'd be smiling <laughs> again, and it's such a journey. Well, yeah, and it's highs and lows, isn't it? Like, What's your because I remember coming into Nordic, and I wouldn't say I was necessarily a low point, but I did have, and I totally regret this now, obviously, but I did call Mike right before Nordic and said, "That's my husband," and said, and said, "Please don't let me do this again. I'm not actually having fun." <laughs> You know, and he's like, okay. <laughs> but then, of course, you know, I had coffee, like, and then you <laughs> half an hour later. And had, like, a full stock of food so again. Funny. And then went out for that full next day. And I had such a great time. And it was so beautiful. And I was listening to a podcast that I had um, pre-downloaded. And right. I listened to a book, uh, which is great. And then um, started singing songs, started making up my own songs. Keeps I, the wildlife away. I don't actually, <laughs> I don't actually think I get bored on a bike and perhaps, or go mentally crazy. And perhaps that's why I've been able to do such long endurance races and being quite successful at them. So not just biking, but adventure racing, um, because I can get into this meditative state, I Mental guess, where it's right? like, you know, yeah. no, it's okay. And it's all, and it's all good. So I'd say most of the time. I'm in that state. So it's just a matter of keeping the body rolling. Right. And we, we enjoy riding our bikes so much, even if it's just a short ride, you know? Yeah. It's just like, wow, I get to ride my bike all day. <laughs> prior to uh, <laughs> prior to signing up for this race, because I signed up for the IR 700 only, it wasn't long, only a few weeks actually before the race. I it wasn't really big plan yet, but I was in rebound and <laughs> talking to uh, one of the guys there. And he's like, well, why aren't you doing it? And I was like, you know, came up with a whole bunch of reasons. He's like, don't you have a child? <laughs> I was like, yeah. He's like, don't you want to go ride your bike for <laughs> a number of days? I was like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> he's like, just go ride your bike. Yeah, I was like, funny. And sometimes we just have to put it down to those basics, right? You're, you're just going out for a bike ride. And... And I think you and I talked about the mental aspects. And one thing I promised myself was that I wasn't, no matter what happened, I wasn't going to quit until Wednesday. So I think our race started Saturday morning. And oh, told, so you gave yourself till Wednesday yeah. to get to the end? Yeah, unless I was like so, like something drastically physically wrong. When did you get there, like Monday? I, d I did, <laughs> but I, but it gave me, you know, I was just yeah, like, even if I had to walk my bike for a day, right. I was going to keep going right. as long as I physically was yeah. able to, and, and not do damage. Like, right. like I'm not, I don't want to push past like physical damage, but keep moving forward. 
keep moving forward. Yeah. Like hashtag. Yeah, and th- and that really just helped my head know like, well, I'm not allowed to quit. It's only Sunday, so right. <laughs> I might as well keep going. I think it's important yeah. to. Um, uh, Jay Peterberry had a had a list of things to prepare for these big endurance races, and it was like you want to leave with a clear conscience, right? You don't want to know that your husband or wife is resenting you for going. Mm. You don't, you want to make sure your bills are paid. You want to make sure that your house insurance, like there's nothing that's going to pop up. That's going to, uh, detract from the experience. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So for, yeah, stuff to for go me, clear head, it's right? like my house has to be so clean. <laughs> you have a very clean house, but I, I am very, very lucky. I have a very supportive partner. Um, we both do. Yeah, it's that's so important. Right? Yeah. Well, it wouldn't work. I mean, no. yeah. And I, I wish that for more people, for sure. Yeah. Or that more people have a way to have a conversation about it in a positive, in a positive way to really show their partner how you know important it is for them as well. Yeah, to, I think that's key to do their own thing, especially you know when children are involved as well but oh man my son is so happy for me like he rings his cowbell like crazy <laughs> and, like you know and they came and saw me on the road after the day yeah. and you know ringing his cowbell and he told me then that i won the race and we weren't halfway yet. yeah <laughs> so, right. like a yeah. third in you know say so would be the winner in their hearts <laughs> yeah you're always and, the winner. uh and and that's what I think. Like so many kids, they're so sto- they're so happy to see you doing yeah. that. Especially well, anyways, they, right? And it's yeah. such a good example, right? For for your children, it's it's like you know, life can be super mundane and super challenging, and you need these events. It, it doesn't have to be bike pack racing. It could yeah. be anything. Yeah, you just need some time to go and and <laughs> explore your own. Um, yeah. it's what you're capable of. Yeah, you know and. Yeah, yeah, I was really so yeah, it was really good to push myself uh, awesome. mentally to be alone and. So, yeah. you had you had planned on the, the epic, right? You were going to do the epic. Yes. So what happened? <clears throat> well, I got I had an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, six weeks uh, prior uh, to it, and so I didn't um, think I could do it. And I was talking to the sports doctors lots, and it just it wasn't. It was pretty instant as soon as it happened that uh, um, I had experienced this type of pain before. Mm-hmm. And last time it took me a long time to recover from and um, it was a lot of leg pain. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I it wasn't going to be possible uh, to race. How did you feel about it? How did it make you feel? Oh, <laughs> you know, because your your experience, you yeah. know, you look forward to these events. You like to push yourself. I do. <laughs> what What was it like for someone to say, you know, what I just don't think you should do it, like the doctors say. Yeah, I don't yeah. Think I think oh, I knew I shouldn't do it. You know, and I think because I've been in this place before, and last time I had this pain, it took me a number of years. Um, it took eight years before I could race again. So, wow, is it the um, same injury or? Currently struggling with yes. the same. Yeah. yeah, so I knew when it happened that you know it wasn't going to be resolved <laughs> in six weeks, and yeah, there. So that was uh, yeah. So yeah, it was it was unfortunate. I was working. I, w- I had uh, some big dreams for the summer for racing for sure, um, but it opened up another one yeah, in the did. end. Yeah. So yeah. 
So. Um, so I kept it pretty quiet to myself for a couple weeks because I just really needed to work things out on my own and, um, you know, a bit with the doctors and, and, uh, therapists, but I didn't talk to my husband about it yet. Cause I just really needed to see where I was at, uh, physically and mentally and what I could do. But then I, um, came home one day and I asked my husband if he wanted to bike the same route with me, the BC Epic with our son. And uh, he was really excited right away. Oh, awesome. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. He was sorry that I couldn't race, but he was really excited. <laughs> so, yeah. well, I guess to join in the adventure, right? Yeah. And we get to do it as a family, which so, I think was awesome. So that became, that became the new plan. And then there wasn't really much time to be upset about it because, I mean, by then we only had like three weeks or a couple to get ready to right. go do the route. So I had already had the time off work. So, you know, it was something that space I in that time I wanted to take advantage of. So, um, it turned out we had 15 days. So then it was just a matter of getting everything ready that we need to, to go on a bike tour as a family. Right. So, so yeah. you've been down that road before, except there's a kid. So I'm sure there's more, a little bit more logistics to, yeah. to plan, I suppose. Well, we didn't quite have all the gear ready yet for bike packing that long yeah. as a family we had done some already um yeah so there was just a bit to to get ready and uh for that and then um and and, and looking at the route in another way mm-hmm. right because yeah. where i had planned to get yeah. to my first night i mean i had planned my playlist like by right. the time, oh man by the time we hit penticton i was gonna start listening to tracy chapman <laughs> and by then i knew i'd be at night so i'd start heading up uh to the t- to the top of shoe lake and i would listen to <laughs> that was my plan just to listen to tracy chapman all night long <laughs> to get to the top of shoe lake and that would be three late the night and it was up there when i wanted to have my first bit of sleep right so I don't remember exactly how long that is in the race. 265. Two, that was my first 265. goal. Yeah, yeah. 265. Yeah. And sure. so that was kind of my first goal. So it took us five days to get there. <laughs> so, so then it was a bit different. Awesome. So I was looking at the route in a different way because I, then I had to find a lot more water, a lot more places where it was going to be like, you know, safe to camp, but as well as um, enough water to camp and then where we were going to buy food. So for me, it was a lot of like, okay. This is, I saw, bit, this is totally different than... I saw a picture of you guys chilling in hammocks. I saw oh, yeah. Michael was in a, like a hammock and he's sleeping. And I was like, oh <laughs> man. Yeah. Deluxe. And there, when you travel with a child, there's a lot of playtime as well. Yeah, so, you know, nice. we, you know, as a family, we average, you know, 50 to 70 kilometers a day. And, um, but, you know, in between all those moments of actual pedaling, you're playing. So right. just because we've stopped the bike for a break doesn't mean our son wants to stop. So then we're playing bocce ball or frisbee or soccer or like anything else he can think of by sticks and rocks and (laughs) and drawing in the mud. And yeah, I should have pulled it back earlier, but can, can you elaborate a little bit on what that injury was that kept you from the Epic? Well, I could, I couldn't at the time, which is interesting. (laughs) So now it's nine months later. So I know, I do know a lot more. Yeah of uh what's happening um at that time i still thought i tore i tore my calf muscles again because that's what i thought i had done in the past um but um they actually are still studying me so they're not sure exactly um what my problem is but i most i basically have chronic um leg uh, pain and the most recent thing that they found is that i have an extra soleus muscle in each calf and perhaps um 
at time. So when it happened last time is that basically strains and it gets too flared up and it just takes so long for that. Like inflammation? That, for that to recover. It's a blood flow thing, you think? Is that what that is? The reason why it Perhaps, stays... Perhaps, but no one's... There's... There's, I don't have, because I don't have a certain answer yet, it's right. hard, but I've been through a lot of tests. I've now had many ultrasounds and MRIs. I've done two different nerve conduction tests. I've had a compartment syndrome test, which wow. is where they use 14 gauge uh, needles wow. in your calf to test um, the pressure. Um, and so far, everything has been negative. I don't show all well, my blood is good and... Um, so this extra soleus is not totally uncommon. Uh, three to ten percent of the population do have it, oh, yeah. but it is associated with leg pain and edema. And I do also have get edema quite a bit. So um, it is associated with leg pain. They're still working it out. But my la- one of my last appointments, I had four doctors in the room because oh, they say I'm one in a million. So it's just a very <laughs> rare occurrence. Yeah. So, but it's not. Though now they think that is the cause of my pain, they haven't been able to prove it yet. Right. So that's the stage we're at right now. But at the moment, I'm still in the same pain I was in last last spring. Right. So it's been nine months now. Wow. So let's take it back to the family bike packing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> bad flow. Bad flow. Sorry, everybody. But um, so Zion did awesome, right? Like he he, he did great on that tour. Oh yeah! What was the biggest challenge for him? He loves it. Yeah, challenge. Like, did he did he get bored? Or oh my gosh, it was so funny. I think we were on day three, and we stopped to have some water. And my parents joined us on this trip as well. So there was actually five of us, and my parents are sixty four, and now, and awesome. uh, they fit in really well because, um, you know, we're not you know going because we're kind of family. Uh, traveling it's perfect um we all stopped for a water break so we're also we're all still just straddling our bikes and zion was on a trailer bike um behind my bike actually and so we're all just straddling our bikes and and he looks at me and everyone else is like you know guys and i found that funny because he said that coming out of a five-year-old's mouth i was like but he's like you know guys all we do is bike and camp (laughs) and i just found it so funny I'm like, yeah, yep, best thing much. ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing. But no, he did great. He had the option of either being on the trailer bike or being in a trailer. And he would generally start the day on the bike. And then we'd have a big break and play. And then he'd go in the trailer. And then he'd go back on the bike. And then we'd have lunch. And then he would go on a bike. And then he'd go in the trailer. So there's a lot of switching around. Right. And we let him do whatever he really wanted to do and but throughout the 15 days he was about 50 percent on the bike and 50 percent in the trailer yeah that's a lot yeah he did really good and and he was happy and it was it was great what was what was the biggest challenge as a family was it was it carrying the food or um, no no that was all good um challenge as a family actually challenge as family was no it was all good awesome yeah i think I think um, having four to one mm, <laughs> for yeah. to my child is a pretty great ratio <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it is um, tiring because when you want a break, you're not actually taking a break. Then you're then playing right. and entertaining. Right. And same thing when he's on the back of my bike, 
I'm constantly entertaining him. So it's a lot of songs, a, uh, a lot of playing. I basically told him the entire history of Canada that I could possibly think of as we biked along. Uh, we were doing the uh, the converted railway. So that was really yeah. neat. And, and he was uh, really into that. And yeah, so it's a lot of talking and singing and kind of and playing games even when he's riding so when you have when you stop and you still do that as well so right and then you're doing what were you doing 50k a day did you say that mm, 50 to 70k 50, a day. 70k yeah. that's a long way for a little guy yeah it's pretty flat though true like it wasn't yeah it's not like All it wasn't trail. massive distances yeah. yeah like yeah and you went to nelson christina lake oh ah, right yeah <clears throat> cool that's great i'd love to take my family like that mm-hmm. it's so fun so uh Tell us about this book. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have a book coming out uh, next fall. It's called With You by Bike, The Ultimate Ride for a Relationship. And it is uh, based on a bike tour that uh, my husband and I did. We did a 13-month tour, mostly through Asia. And the book is about our uh, relationship and takes place within that time period that we were on the bike. What, it, what inspired you to share that story with everybody? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, it actually wouldn't leave me. Um, I knew I wanted to write uh, a book, and then, you know, it, it took a long time to write. So uh, a number of times I actually tried to give it up and thought about giving it up, but it, it was there. I, I couldn't let it go. It was, it was in me, and it's, you know, apparently in me to share. Uh, Mike was, um, my husband was really supportive on me sharing our story. It is quite personal. Mm -hmm. And, um, um, but he was supportive on that as well. It's really a falling back in love story. So I think in writing it, it was really neat for me to write and as well and look at our relationship in such a uh, grand way and also like nitpicking it, uh, too. Looking at all the different pieces that um, uh, didn't make it work, and then all the pieces that do make it work. Yeah, there's nothing like um, going on a huge tour to learn about your partner. <laughs> yeah, in in that sense, it was good for us. So it was more the prior to the bike ride when we weren't feeling close um, mm-hmm. at all, and and we really needed something to make our relationship stronger. So for us, traveling has always done that. So, mm-hmm. um, but this was Mike's Mike's first time on a bike and I came from the athletic background. So oh, he hadn't done any touring prior oh, to that? No. His first day on wow. the bike was the very longest day he's o- ever OTC. been on a bike. Off yeah. the couch. <laughs> yeah. He did great. <laughs> so how long was that tour? Thirteen months. Wow. Did you yeah. journal that? Well did you Oh yeah. Did you plan did you do you think there was a small party that planned to write a book about that tour when you were first we doing it? We were about a month into the trip yeah. when I knew we had a story. Yeah worth telling um or sharing or certainly worth exploring um and i journaled and videoed like i would write a book eventually right so after that point what, what's that process like? like what's it like to pour your heart into into a project and then you hand it over to someone you don't really know very well to read edit that <laughs> like as i know you know, I, I kind of went through that editing. I didn't go through it with you, but you were yeah. sharing some of your experiences. Like, what was that process like? Was it was it hard? Is it hard to 
to write a book like that? Oh, yeah. Um, and they're telling you, like, no, I, this sentence is wrong, or I don't understand what you're trying to tell me here, like that whole thing, when it feels like you've yeah correctly portrayed your feelings, but then they're telling you that it's Yeah, so, right it, so it actually took me a long time to... Yeah, learn how to write even properly and um, and go through that and then share our story in such a way that's worthy of reading, right? And and um, worthy of somebody actually like picking up the book and uh, reading. So I worked with actually a lot of different writing groups. Uh, one writing group in particular, we meet every Monday and we've been doing that for years. And so we read to each other and there's a lot of critique involved in that. And, you know, and there's a lot of tears involved in that because, yeah, sometimes you get to that point where in your mind it's like, it's perfect. It's good to go. This is going to the publishers, <laughs> you know, and it's good to go. And no. Then, you know, but at the same time, you good. just have to know that everybody has a different opinion and, and it's art, right? It's like, it's like looking at art and somebody has a different, yeah. you know, vision and view of what that should look like than, you know, perhaps what they feel it is. So yeah, when some days I get really scared of what, you know, the masses are uh, going to think of it, especially family, because it is a personal story. But I think if anybody picks up my book and reads it to the end, it'll be okay. Oh, I can't wait to read your and, book. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, but yeah, I might need a, to work with a therapist when <laughs> comes out. Oh, why? <laughs> For sure. You think there's going to be uh, lashback about it? Just or? to be strong enough to deal with any negativity. and mm. and uh, I really want to read it. But I think that happens on, um, you know, any book as well. And I just read, like, um, a brilliant uh, book, actually, called Educated uh, last week. And then I was reading some of the reviews on it. And then some of the reviews were negative. And I was like, okay, if this, like, awesome, awesome book is getting negative reviews, like... You know, it's okay. Like, like I'm gonna get some, but hopefully, hopefully, I can just realize it was still within me. I still had to write it, whether people like that or not. It's, it's, it's art, right? Like you yeah. said, it's art. It's this is your interpretation of a story, and I think that's the thing that I, I could see getting my back up about a little bit because I've written small pieces, and then you send it to an editor, editor sends it back, and then you read it back, and it's like, but I don't sound like that. Like that's not what I sound like yeah. like you're using bigger words than i would use or better sentence structure but it's not the way i speak do you do you find that was a bit intrusive to your to your art of i was I, really lucky actually to work with the editor yeah. um and my pre-editors even like my pre, my friends yeah <laughs> that read it even prior to my editor um reading it um i think she did a really great job of keeping my voice actually okay and then if it um ever felt like she wasn't keeping my voice i think by that time i felt strong enough to say so and i just wouldn't actually accept the changes i did that i started doing that um you know in the as i was getting closer to the end i was you know starting to feel like quite confident and and yeah in my own ability and in my in my writing but you know if three or four people said the same thing and i remembered mm. it then i'm like oh, okay you know perhaps this needs this needs yeah. changing and um but yeah so starting to kind of know when it's when it's okay no this is i'm gonna say this and then other times um taking their suggestions and changing it but i was lucky to work with who i did that kept my voice quite awesome. well and who, who did you publish your book with uh, Rocky Mountain Books. You're allowed to say, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Rocky Mountain Books took it on. Awesome. And they, they do a lot of... Are they, are they camera-based, Calgary-based? Uh, their offices are actually in Vancouver. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
Interesting. And then uh, when's that coming out? When can we get it? Uh, it's going to come out in by October. Yeah. Yeah. In time for the uh, Back Mountain Book Festival. October. Is it going to be? Uh, it'll be after the 2019 Bike Pack Summit. Yeah, it's but maybe they'll have it early. <laughs> <laughs> you should push they them. should have it earlier out by then. Because I want my have it copy. available in the warehouse. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. So really do you have? Do you have an, another adventure planned? We do. Tell me. About it. Tell us about it. <laughs> we have. Um, we are off to Europe. I basically uh, kind of took a look at the world and found one of the flattest <laughs> possible routes <laughs> that I can find, which includes the Loire Valley and River uh, through France, awesome. um, but starting actually originally in through the Netherlands and and then hitting um, the Danube uh, River. Uh, in Germany, and then following that uh, through Eastern Europe to the Black Sea. Cool. How many, uh, what's the distance? Not that it matters, but what? Uh, like... um, and so, sorry, this is family? Ice, family. Family trip? Awesome. Yeah, about 5,000 kilometers. 5,000 K? What's your time budget for that? We have 110 days. Oh, so awesome. we'll see. And you know, when nothing sets in stone, my body is still... Uh, debatable so this is just a plan but it's you know we might be on a greek island for three months i don't know you know you'll, and, expat, you'll but, never come you know, back but it's a plan <laughs> and, and i needed to to move forward and it's going to be on a bit of a different bike yeah tell us about so. what you're going to do with the bike and what kind of bike you're going to ride i i'm going to um be on an e-bike awesome. which will be uh different i never envisioned needing one or uh -huh. wanting uh, a pedal assist um, bike but after a number of months of <clears throat> being in pain and not being able to really ride at yeah. all then um, um, Mike finally told me all that he'd been researching on e-bikes and he suggested uh, um, trying it out and giving it a go and I've been out now for a few rides on it and it's absolutely incredible awesome. so it'll it gives me about uh three times the power with each um pedal three, three times with each pedal wow. rotation so my pedal stroke will give me depending on what i have at, uh, set at so basically it feels like i have the wind at my back or that it's like mm -hmm. you know flat pavement even if there's a hill mm. um it um can last um a couple days. The, really? The, that blew me away when you told me that once. I was like, a couple days? Really? I thought you'd have to charge that thing every... Yeah, well, again, we're not going massive di distances. So, yeah. And and especially because in, for the route we've chosen, I probably only just need... Usually there's three different like power levels. Mm -hmm. um, so if I can keep it on the lower two uh, power levels, then I would... Um, be able to conserve uh the battery that way and again i'm pretty new at them but like i charged uh it today the bike i was i've been testing out and i was able to charge it within an hour so wow. it was pretty great and then um, can you charge it with a dynamo did you put a dynamo on the front <laughs> <laughs> back charge your battery i, like, that. That so I know awesome people are solar could. powering them on some of them so, solar yeah so so that's interesting anyways i haven't 
I'm still very new to the whole thing, but I will say that it just makes me so excited to be able to like get on a ride. So I'm going to be at this point the only one on the e-bike. I'll be having Zion behind me, and this time our son has a different setup. He has his own bike, and then we have what's called the follow me tandem, which Uh, is basically the rack that drops down. His front wheel can jump, drop into that if you want. So I'll have that system. So he'll either be towed behind me or on his own. Or in the trailer. <laughs> right. So he'll have three options this year of uh, biking happiness for him. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be such a, a great uh, test bed for an e-bike to do a big tour like that. Well, I won't be the one testing it. I think um, it's so popular in Europe that it's... Oh, uh, uh, yeah? Yeah. Are there charging stations everywhere? Yeah. Like all, a lot of the campgrounds have electricity, so you don't need yeah. a... Re- you just It's just a regular outlet. So right. um, all the campgrounds have electricity. And the only... Where I can't find that much information is the Eastern country. So we'll just kind of see what happens um, there. But I can ride it um, not powered obviously right um so the bike weighs about 12 pounds more than a regular bike but when you're carrying touring gear anyways and so we'll just keep my bike lighter like you know with not as much food and stuff and we're kind of we got a we're getting a new sleeping system and and everything so we're we're kind of taking it even though we could totally like pannier it Mm. we're keeping it more bike touring mentality because we're going to try to keep our weight really low like bike packing kind of like we're just kind of trying to keep our weight low so so it just still saves my my legs and yes i could not go on a bike tour (laughs) that would be an option no that's not an option (laughs) but i just find it so healing to be outside dirt church and and, yeah and and camping and um and exploring that way and also to go on a trip and not take your bike is a lot more money because then you're traveling by bus or train and you're staying in hostels or hotels or or whatever but on the bike it's so easy to find a campground and like you know so it's just like a way less expensive way of uh of travel and for me it's like the perfect way to explore so i know in the future you know I'll, hopefully i'll get back to you know regular riding and hopefully again even to racing again um i don't really feel like i'm done with that yet yeah, I keep um that. but at this point i just had to move on i couldn't stay i couldn't feel stuck or in a rut i just have to move on and i have to do it what my body can do at the moment my parents are also planning to come to europe um my dad has been getting fitter and getting stronger and he's getting ready to tow me if is needed so it's actually pretty hilarious because you know normally i'm the strong one (laughs) so well family helps each other out right yeah totally right and yeah so i do feel really uh yeah I think it's nice too because it's, it shows a lot of courage. I think because you know you can have um, some crazy high end athlete get injured and then they could just brood about it, right? And then just go down that rabbit hole of negative thinking, and uh, you pull yourself out of that. I admire that a lot. <laughs> and Thank you. you know, I when we had a conversation about the e bike thing, I probably gave you a bad impression because I was like, "Boo e bikes!" <laughs> but you know. If it gets you out on a bike, that's yeah. awesome. And you know, when I get older and my knees give out and my yeah. hips have been replaced, I'm not going to be able to ride my single speed around. So yeah. we all might have to get e-bikes, right? Like yeah, we're all going to need a bit of assistance to keep. Because I don't want to ever stop riding a bike. 
And if I get injured and can't, then so <laughs> I've kind of turned my my thinking around a little bit of it on it. Oh, I thought I helped a bit. In that. You did, you did, yeah. because I, I I can't I couldn't stand I, to see like, you sad and upset uh-huh. because you couldn't ride a bike anymore when there's this perfectly good tool. Yeah. You know, for someone who who needs that boost yeah. right now, right? That's well, important. I didn't know much about the whole e-bike, um, you know, thing. You know, you called it a movement, right? And, and I didn't know much about it. So you were probably, you know, the first, you know, so kind of negative comment I'd heard about it. And, you know, not necessarily directed at me. but no. And um, anyway, so it really held, had me explore mm-hmm. it a lot and learn a lot. And I still have lots more learning to do. But man, it's providing me with another story. That's for sure. And, for sure. But it, it, it's interesting. And I, and I, you know, I hope to get to the point, yeah, where I am proud, you know, you of, of doing this, uh, you know, and, and getting out. And I mean, sometimes like, you know, but at the same time, I haven't posted to Instagram yet. You know, it's <laughs> kind of interesting, right? It's like, oh, but... What you about know, your e-bike but adventure? But on Instagram, or? I'm still an athlete. <laughs> you know? You're so an athlete. Like, You're yeah. all, you'll always so, be an athlete. So it's just, yeah, so it's interesting. So I know it's it's, it's change and it's and it's um, figuring everything out amongst this, amongst this change and... Yeah, about how, like, what you identify with and how you identify. And I went to see a chiropractor... Um, last week and you know he's a pretty great guy really well known in our town and and, and i told him i was getting i'm gonna get an e-bike and he's working on my body and he called me a cheater oh no yeah. <laughs> how <laughs> dare he but you know i think that a lot of people do that right or it's i didn't normal. call a cheater no you didn't <laughs> and then i was like oh and then i was like well why would why would you care, right? Like, why Like, why would he care? Anyways, and then we talked about a bit, and he kind of started backpedaling, and I was like, too late, dude. You're in my next book now. <laughs> yeah. And Dr. So-and-so, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, no. so it's... Yeah, and it's... Uh, so it's uh, it's interesting. It'll be... Uh, it'll be interesting. It's a new... Um, yeah, a new... Uh, a new thing to learn. Yeah. And... Um, but at this point, it's the only way... I could have gone forward and go again, go on another um, trip yeah. and feel like I'm going to make it to camp. Right. Yeah. So. How are you feeling? Yeah. Feel good? Good conversation? Yeah. yeah. We're talking bikes. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> bikes and feelings. <laughs> I, I, yeah, bikes and feelings. I love it. Yeah, we're all about the feelings. You and me and getting into feelings. Um, so before I ask my last question, why don't you tell <coughs> our listeners where they can find you? How can they keep up to date on your adventures? Okay. What's your Instagram handle? Uh, my Instagram, actually everything handle is Katrina the Explorer. Okay. Um, and I started a new account um, recently called With You by Bike, um, which is also going to be the name of my book, um, which is then just biking. Um, but Katrina the Explorer is predominantly... Is that your um, main one right now? Yeah, it's predominantly yeah. biking as well, but you'll see a lot of my work on there as well, which is hiking in mountains and, yeah. you know, playing in the mountains. Um, I have a website going live next week. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, which Sweet. will also be Katrina the Explorer. And, um, and then Facebook, Katrina the Explorer as well. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I just had another question popping in my mind. Oh, tell me about, so um, you're a mountain guide, correct? A hiking guide. Hiking guide? Yeah. Yeah, so we didn't really talk much about kind of what you do now. But mm. You're yeah. still doing that? You can still manage that? Right now? I actually couldn't work this winter. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I've had to take a, a break uh, from that to give my legs a bit of rest. I did work this summer. 
and um but I took uh, more ibuprofen than I would like, mm. <laughs> and I Sorry, had to river. stand in the river and the glacier-fed lakes every single day. So, um, so yes, I, I made it through my season, awesome. um, but it was not comfortable and not easy. And I think I think next year, um, yeah, hopefully we'll be better. So that wasn't. This is my last question. Okay. Um, tell us a piece of advice that someone gave you in your endurance racing kind of career that really stuck with you can you think of something to share with our listeners who maybe want to get into endurance racing sure or if you can't think of something what's the biggest piece of advice you would give to okay so (laughs) i think with endurance racing because it is so up and down knowing that there is always going to be an up coming Mm -hmm. so make it through that down before you quit and that might take a number of hours. It might take till the next day, uh, depending on how long your race is. Um, one thing that I did, especially when I did the week-long races all the time, and I would certainly do it if I, if I get to do the Tour Divide one day, which I would love to do, mm-hmm. is that um, I had loved ones or friends write me letters. And um, nowadays it's you know different, of course, because we have access to the social media and, and stuff sometimes, even when we're en route. But having a physical letter uh, to read at a low point, having an encouraging letter that's just on your pocket when you're out of service to feel that somebody is there with you um, has gotten me through a lot of of pieces. So so reaching out to friends and and loved ones and asking them to write you an encouraging letter. Awesome. That's good advice. Yeah. Um, What was the next question? That could be it. We could call it right there. The other one was just if you had a piece of advice to share. Ah, yeah. you it know. Was either, it was either, so I read a recent quote. Okay. Uh, oh, the quote. Yeah. Uh, that was in a book of Brene uh, Brown um, that I read recently, and it's actually not her quote, and uh, but it was in her book, and it said, um, "The opposite of play is not work. The opposite of play is depression." And that um, really stuck with me because even though my body is a little bit broken at the moment, whatever I can do to get out there and play and feel like I'm myself is, uh, is, so, is so important and so good for our soul. We found the closest possible, shortest bike ride I could possibly do to camp now, and it's four kilometers. Awesome. So I found a four kilometer, fairly fat, uh, flat uh, bike ride where I could legally camp. And you know what? It gets me outside. It makes me feel like I've ridden my bike, even though it takes me longer to pack my bike than ride it. Yeah. You know? (laughs) (laughs) I get out there, I get to take photos, and it's, uh, it's yeah, you get out and play. Thanks, Katrina. Thank you, It was a good Steve. conversation. Thank you. All right, take it easy. So what did you think? I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did and found something uh, that you can take away from it. Uh, I think there was a lot of really good information in there uh, that we can take on our own adventures and journeys and uh, make them more successful and, and maybe even more enjoyable. Um, so, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, please subscribe and share. Let's keep this thing going and growing, everyone. So again, thank you and keep the rubber side down.